0: I'd like to welcome those who are watching this on Gate Outreach TV and uh, listening to the podcasts and also on Buzzsprouts. I want to say God, who is faithful, uh, will continue to bless you. Thank you also for the following on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and um, Twitter. We want to thank God for your lives and pray that the Lord will continue to establish you also in Jesus' name. We have been on a series on uh, sanctified or sanctification by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Sanctification by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as you can see, we are on the fourth session. We started with the same spirit, same Lord, same God, and then the word of wisdom and knowledge. And last week, we had a session on the gift of faith. The gift of faith. And we say that is the very first of what we call the power gifts. Today we are looking at the second power gift known as the gifts of healings. Someone say the gifts of healings. healings. Okay, I'm very emphatic about the plurality of those words because that's how it is listed in scripture for emphasis. We have established over and over again, and please, I want you to get a pen and paper or a notebook or whatever you can write with today because there will be many scriptures that I will refer to that I cannot go into for the sake of time. Uh, This message today could easily take me two hours and we will not finish it, believe me. But I want to believe God that uh, the minimum hours and the minimum time that we have here will be sufficient for us to get something that we can go back And get into. Now as we talk about these gifts. We will be talking always from two perspectives. A perspective of being able to operate them. As the gift given to us by God. How to receive them. How to expect. How to receive. How to walk in them. And also how to receive it from somebody. Who is manifesting it. We need to understand both perspectives. Because you see. As I've said in the beginning. That there are times that you manifest a gift. And others are benefiting. But there are other times you are benefiting from the gifts manifested by others. And as the body of Christ, we must understand that this is what God expects, that we know how to manifest and how to receive so that our sanctification can truly be whole. And may God continue to expand our understanding in Jesus' name. So we have read over and over again from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, and we're going to read that together. Everybody one, to go. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have said this is very indicative of the fact that God's desire for every one of us is that we are totally sanctified. Somebody say totally sanctified. We are very concerned about spiritual sanctification because many of us believe that our spirits must be born again. So we must be regenerated and sanctified in the spirit. But sanctification goes on to look at our soul. It goes on to look at our bodies. And so it is very important. So when we talk about healings... We must understand that healing being a form and a tool in the hand of God for our sanctification, we all must understand that it is given to us, it's released to us, so that we can enjoy total sanctification. Hallelujah. Again, when we talk about healings, many people are quickly quick to look at diseases. They are quick to look at infirmities of the body. And that is just part of it. The Bible says that God of peace himself sanctify you completely. God doesn't want you to be infirmed in any aspect. Just as he doesn't want you to have a disease on your body. Just as it is not his plan and will for you to have an ailment in your body. He also doesn't want you to suffer soulish disease or soulish realm of inconvenience and soulish realm of infirmities. You know, God doesn't want you, we've talked many times about our soul being the seat of our willpower, intelligence or intellect and our emotions. God doesn't want you and I to suffer in the lack of capacity to will to do good. That in itself is an infirmity. That in itself is a weakness. When you cannot will to do the right thing as you want to, then there is an infirmity. That's why Romans eight twenty six says, there are times that we are not even strong enough to know how to pray. And he calls it an infirmity. He said he helps our infirmities in that when we do not know how to pray. He didn't say that that person had a headache or a fever. He said that that person could not pray because their spirit man is troubled. And say, so the Holy Spirit helps their infirmities and that they do not know how to pray. And, but he helps them with what groanings that cannot even be uttered. And so we must understand God does not want us to suffer even intellectual decline. God doesn't want us to suffer memory loss. Dementia is not God's plan for anybody. God does not intend that we have, just that he, the Bible says uh, the, the, the eyes of Moses were not dim in when he was 120 years old. It simply means God wants us to have the physical health. But it also talks about the mind of the, 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 the righteous in Psalm 92, still flourishing even in the old age. And I've seen this, for as many that truly serve the Lord and genuinely, sincerely serve the Lord, their mind remains intact right to the very end. The devil does not want you and I to have the life that is completely sanctified. So we need understanding to enjoy this gift of healings even in our intellectual capacity. I want us to understand this and see it from the holistic point of view. So that if we are manifesting the gifts by, by the grace of God, we know how to address those things that we need to address. It's not just about physical sickness and if we are receiving we know where we also need to receive that gift into our lives these are very important things he doesn't want us to be uh, uh, emotional wrecks some people are just uncontrollable of their emotions is either too high or too low is always out of control and that's still an infirmity in itself god wants us to be balanced there is no way an over-sensitive person, an emotional person, a person that has no control over their emotions will faithfully and uh, diligently run anything of good, of, of worthy cause easily. You cannot head a group. You can't, even have a, you can't even have a family successfully if you have no control over your emotions. If your sadness means everybody has to be sad, then that is it. If your joy means everybody has to be happy, even though they don't really feel like celebrating at that time, you force them. Then you find that relationally, you will be a wreck. God doesn't want us to live that way. God wants us to be able to balance everything. That's why he said, God, he prayed for them and said, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. He said, your whole spirit, your whole soul, your willpower, your intellect, your emotions, everything about it be sanctified. And the same thing about your spirit man, it also needs to be sanctified. It can also enjoy healing. Every time you see a person declining in the things of God, prayerlessness and not lacking zeal and desire to meet up with and fellowship with the people of God, is suffering a spiritual infirmity. Such a person is backsliding. Such a person is beginning to go in a place where there is an attack on their spirituality. And so God doesn't want us to be sick in any one of these areas. And so when we talk about manifesting the gifts of healings, it is a compound word. That's why he put the plurality of the gifts there. There is a gift of healing that is for physical. Gift of healing that is for spiritual. Gift for healing that is for the soul. So if God enables you to know how to counsel people who have problems in their marriage, for example, it's a gift of a healing because you are, you are gifted to counsel people in the area of relationship in marriage. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm sure you have never heard the gift of healing taught this way because the first thing that goes to our mind is where we cast out demons and we, 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 we drive out fevers and we pray, pray for, for, for headache and we pray for, for, for the lame and the blind, which is all true. But those are just one component of it. You may never ever manifest any of those things, but God may be giving you a strength in knowing how to speak peace into situations that trouble people's lives. That is your gift. You need to understand it. You need to develop it. You just notice that every time you speak a word of comfort, the Bible says a word that is fitly spoken is like apples of gold in the settings of silver. He said, how beautiful are the feet of those that bear good news. So if you are a person who God has gifted in that way, you are also operating the gift of healings. You are operating one of the gifts of healings. May God continue to grant us understanding in the name of Jesus. So the word of God has always been the tool for our sanctification. John chapter 17 verse 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. Every time the the Bible talks about sanctification, it gives us the process. God's desire is that we're sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. But he also said there is a sanctification that takes place by the truth. And the word of God is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, John 14 verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we must understand that when every manifestation of sickness and infirmity we see today are the lies of the devil to confuse humanity, especially those who have been saved... From the things that God has already done. Jesus, the Bible says he took upon himself our infirmities. Isaiah chapter 53. We read that from verse 3 to verse 6. Please write these scriptures and look at them again in the context of what we are saying. And the Bible makes us to understand that Jesus himself took upon himself our infirmities. He took upon himself our transgressions. He says the chastisement that brought us peace, that God of peace, the chastisement that brought us that peace for sanctification was put upon him. And he said, and by his stripes we were healed. So when we see sickness and we see infirmity, what we are seeing is a pollution and a perversion Of The wicked one who is continuing to deceive who is continuing to attempt to steal to kill so as to be able to destroy. So we to manifest this gift must have this understanding that we are not wrestling like I said to you a few weeks ago, we are not wrestling a battle that has not been won already. It is a battle we must engage in but it is one we must come from the place of understanding so when we are rebuking sickness we are not rebuking sickness we are not saying Lord come and heal when you say Lord come and heal you pray a lie because he has already healed you don't say Lord come and heal he has already healed what you do is to enforce the healing you command the healing hallelujah I say you command the healing you enforce the healing in the name of Jesus We need to understand these things because, in the context of faith and manifesting the gifts, there are principles and processes that we must follow as laid down by the Word of God. He gives us His Word so that we can continue to overcome this. Now, we need to understand that sicknesses and diseases came about as a result of man's original sin. When God created the first man, Adam, there was nothing like sickness, there was nothing like disease. Man was supposed to enjoy exactly like God. But we know that the moment man fell and his, his skin, his flesh, became corrupted, that is when not only sin entered, sickness also entered. Man was supposed to enjoy incorruptibility forever. But man disobeyed God as we know and so sin entered and then corruption started. God now put a place of restoring that. That's why later on when Paul was writing to the Corinthians and he said that, you know, even though our outward man is perishing, there's nothing you can do about aging. A lot of people are doing so much research now about anti-aging. And they are trying to live to 200 and still look like (laughs) 20-year-olds. The confusion in this world. There's nothing you can do about that. One day you may be looking like a ten-year-old at 150. One day you just stop breathing, <laughs> because there is a time for everything, and it has been appointed unto man once to do what. It has been what does Hebrews 9:27 say? It has been appointed unto man once to do what, and after this what, the judgment. So death is inevitable. People who are trying to to do everything to prevent it, and they are wasting their time. <laughs> what they need to do, the Bible says, even though our outward man is perishing, he said our inner man is being renewed day by day, so we must know how to put emphasis much more on the inner man and of course rebuke the workings of darkness on our outward man, but not to, to the point where we are pre- trying to preserve the outward man. From dying. Because the outward man must die. It is the death of the outward man that will lead to our incorruptibility. It is the death of the outward man that will lead to our immortality. We should not be afraid of it. Hallelujah. This skin that we have, no matter what it looks like, no matter how well we take care of it, it's not going to heaven with us. It has no place in heaven. No place. It's filthy for heaven. Amen. Amen. May the Lord continue to grant us understanding. Psalm 107 from verse 17. The Bible says fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, they were what? Afflicted. When man disregarded God, Psalm 14 verse 1 tells us that a fool says in his heart there is no God. When man disregards God, he becomes a fool. And the Bible says because of that, he became afflicted. And then the Bible says in verse 18, their soul abhorred all manner of food. And they drew near the gates of death. Death is the bigger brother. is the elder brother of, of sin and sickness. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. In between sin and death is sickness. In between sin and death is sickness. Go back to, the, to, to verse 17. The Bible says fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, their sin, they got affliction, sickness. Then go to verse 18. And then because of that, their soul now began to move towards death. This is the way of the natural man. But this is what you you and I have been sanctified from. This is what you and I have been rescued from. The Bible calls it the dominion of darkness. This is the law in the dominion of darkness. The Bible makes us to understand in Colossians 1.13 that there is that dominion of darkness. We have been rescued from it and then we need to continually, progressively be sanctified. Every time the devil carries something from that dominion and shows you and says it is your portion, you need a gift of healings. You need the gifts of healings to manifest in your life as a person to receive the fullness of your sanctification one more time. And I will show you some of this from scripture later on today. Verse 20, the Bible says, then verse 19, verse 19, go to verse 19, please. The Bible says, then they, read with me now. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distress. He saved them. Salvation is God's plan for rescue from every kind of sin and sickness. How did he do it? After he saved them, let's go to verse 20, which we all read from time to time. Let's go together. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God's word has always come to heal people. When people were sick in the wilderness, God's word came to Moses. He said, lift up the bronze serpent. As many that look unto it, they will be healed. God's word. Every time you see the manifestation of sickness in the Old Testament, God's word was sent through the prophets. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that at sundry time, he was speaking to us through the prophets, but now he has given us his son. Hallelujah. In John chapter 1 verse 14, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And for three and a half years, he demonstrated to us, how we are to manifest and enforce healings even in our times. He showed us many ways and when he was living, he now rose and sent us the Holy Spirit who now gave us the gifts of healings so that we can continue the process of sanctifying and delivering each other from those destructions. The Holy Spirit was sent of the Father to give us these gifts. We have been reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll quickly read again from verse 7. And verse 9 Let's go together But there are verse 7 now But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one For the profit of all Can we go to verse 4 Let's go back to verse 4 do we have verse 4? The verse 4 says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is what? The same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. God, in His wisdom, releases to every one of us the manifestation of the spirits. Hallelujah. So that we can all be profit go to first Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. Let's go together everybody read to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit again notice the word gifts and healings gifts and healings because there are many operations of this one gift of healing and there are many types of healings and so we must understand this is a very unique gift that is given in a plural form this implies that they can be expressed in different forms in different contexts may god continue to grant us understanding in the name of jesus now like all power gifts the gifts of healings demonstrates the power of god To confront very challenging situations We have said many times How the gifts of the Holy Spirit Work together At times the gifts of The gifts of healings relies Very much many times on the gifts of faith At times Or at least strong faith At times it relies on the word of wisdom Or works with the word of wisdom It works with the word of knowledge To know that there is an infirmity When you are going to counsel people at times And you are going to talk and to bring about an emotional healing, if you have the word of knowledge operating, you can see things and hear things that they are not saying. In my few years, about three decades now, by God's grace of counseling couples, many times if I sit people down separately, I can almost hear what they are not saying, even before I meet the other person. If I'm talking with a wife, I can almost hear what she is not saying. Because you see, everybody has a side of every story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so you must understand that until you hear every side of every story, you cannot make rational judgment. Again, it's part of your emotional stability. One person comes crying to you and they say, this is the end of it. And they say, and you just rise up like that and move. You may find yourself going into more error and driving the innocent people into further error. You need a bit of discernment. You need a bit of those things in order to be able to heal. But these are given to us by the same spirit. So every healing is a miracle, but not all miracles are involving healings. Some miracles are just for natural things that has nothing to do with healing anybody. Praise the Lord! Next week, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at the gift of miracles. But we need of walking work, of, of miracles. But we need to understand that every healing itself is a miracle. Even healing facilitated by science is a miracle. What is a miracle? The supernatural intervention of God in the natural course of life. The supernatural intervention of God in the natural affairs of man. So how can a a tablet or an operation done physically be a miracle? Because not everybody that goes through that operation or uses that tablet ever gets healed. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever understood that not every time a procedure is done That there is 100% assurance that it will take place So every time you see it take place and have effect That means a miracle has also happened Come on, give the Lord a big hand The devil has no capacity to teach man science The devil has no capacity in himself to teach man about medicine God gave the wisdom for it to facilitate the gifts of healings. But if man should turn back and let that knowledge now puff up and let that knowledge now turn them away, it becomes a pathetic scenario. We will not be turned away from God. I say we will not be turned away from God in the mighty name of Jesus. Science can be very tempting. It teaches you logic, it teaches you process, and it helps you to rationalize things. It almost presents, as say, for example, being a structural engineer, I can almost tell you exactly everything that is going on in this building that we sit, how it's all fitted together. To those of you who have not, no knowledge of structures, it just looks like any other building. But I can tell you what every structural member you see here is doing, and why they are put there because there is a scientific explanation to it that we are standing on a slab that is probably about 25, 30, 40 tons in weight and we're all on it and yet it's not falling down. has a scientific explanation. But you know something? Every one of those things, no matter how deep they are, no matter how rational they are, unless you understand that without the workings of God, everything about natural processes and natural logic may fail because they have no guarantee that they can remain what they are without the mercies of god the people who put planes in the air the people who design these wonderful uh uh, machines that fly in the air they have assumed many things they have tested many things but it is god that keeps it hallelujah in the last few months, we have, the world has been uh, against Boeing for many things in talks, talking about the, the MAX aircraft. Now, that, that technology was supposed to be one of the best things to ever happen to mankind in, as far as aviation was concerned. Because they put that technology there when they found that many planes used to go up in the air and up in the air without, when the, when the meters are damaged. And the pilots don't know that they are going from 33,000 to 40,000 to 50,000. And there is, a, there is an altitude you reach that the plane can no longer fly because it has left every aspect of atmospheric pressure and everything that is needed to keep it flying. And so it falls. Many planes over the last 40 years have crashed like that. They go up and up, and the pilots didn't know. They lost orientation. They didn't even know. They didn't have a clue that they were climbing and climbing and climbing. And the meters told them they were still at 30,000 feet. Meanwhile, at times, they were near near 60,000. So it it just suddenly stalls. So when Boeing looked at this, they put a procedure in place that any time the plane starts to go up like that and the pilot is not responding, the plane by itself auto-corrects it and puts the nose of the plane down. That was what it was supposed to do, which was supposed to save lives. Technically speaking, theoretically speaking, but just to s- explain how, how uh, 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 frail man's knowledge can be, despite the sophistication, the, 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 the two times the planes have crashed before they were withdrawn, the plane, when at takeoff, when it was not even yet at 1,000 feet, Thought that it was already at 50,000. So it pointed the plane down the <laughs> first time. It pointed down the second time. They were worried what happened? This plane crashed without any control. Then the second time the same thing happened. Then they realized that this t TCA system, as they call it, was kicking into, it was activating itself at the wrong times, under wrong circumstances. Good invention, but again, it goes to prove that man is limited. Until man understands, only God cannot make errors. I say only God cannot make mistakes. Until man goes back to God in everything, in the healings, in the medicine, in the science, until we go back to God, we will always do the trial and error and use the wisdom of man to do things, but we will be limited. The gifts of healings are perfected. There is no time that Jesus healed a person and the person didn't remain permanently healed. Luke chapter 6. Verse 17, the Bible says, And he came down, he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their what? Diseases. They came to be healed of their diseases. Verse 18, let's read together. As well, verse 18 now, let's read it together. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed. Hallelujah. We must understand that sicknesses are also brought about by demonic manifestations, demonic activities. At times the Bible calls them unclean spirits. So to manifest the gifts of healings, we must understand the the battle that we have is not against flesh and blood, but against these unclean spirits that manifest just to bring about diseases and all kinds of torment in the lives of people. Every believer is commissioned to heal the sick and cast out demons. So apart from the gifts of healings which God gives to some people at certain times, God has given all of us the commission to heal. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. The Bible says, And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will do what? Cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18. He said, They will take up sapiens, serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. He said, They will do what? Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Who are they? And these signs will follow who? Those who believe. And these signs will follow what? Those who believe. And verse 18 ends up by saying that in his name, if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. That they will do what? Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So we must understand that there is a commission for every one of us to lay hands on the sick. And this is where many people get it wrong. They say, oh, I don't have the gift of healing. You don't need the gift of healing to lay hands on the sick. You are commanded to lay hands on the sick. And when you have any opportunity whatsoever to lay hands on the sick, as a believer, as one who believes, lay hands on the sick. And let God do what he has promised to do. And God will through your hands heal as many in the name of Jesus. However, just like the manifestation of faith is in measures and in levels, there are certain realms of the demoniac that cannot just be gotten rid of by laying on of hands with the faith that comes with salvation. We talked about the faith of salvation last week, the saving faith. How many of us remember that? We talked about the saving faith. We talked about the living faith, the faith that we live by on a daily basis. There is a third degree of faith that we must operate by, the strong faith. The gift of faith level, which helps us within the body of Christ as given to individuals per time to manifest at the highest form of confrontation of these demons. We read, those of you who are watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV or on the audio, listening to the audio, we read from Matthew chapter 17 from verse 14 right through to verse 20. But I want to illustrate what I'm saying here. The disciples of Jesus were brought a child that was epileptic. Matthew 17 verse 14. The Bible says, and when they came to the multitude, the man came to them, kneeling down and saying, verse 15, Lord, have mercy on my son. He said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is what? An epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Somebody say demonic. Say demonic. A right thinking person will not just fall into the fire and the water at will, something pushes them there. I put something on my social media page on Facebook recently, and I said, Nobody in their right minds would commit suicide because the world is talking about suicide, particularly my home country. It's become so prevalent, professors are dying, pastors are killing themselves, and all kinds of things are happening. So people are worried and saying what's happening. And some people are blaming the church that they preach materialism and all that. Which, well, could account for it. But that's just a fragment of what it is. There is the realm of the demonic that people must understand. It is only using a form of all those things that people are talking about. Peer pressure and those things. We are in a country and a society where peer pressure is at its peak in terms of wickedness. Young people in, in secondary schools, young people in universities are under, under the yoke of the enemy. It takes the, that's why when Pastor Lola was praying for the children, I wish you understood. You need to understand there are demonic forces that are contesting for the souls of men, particularly young people nowadays. We must rise up. The Bible says this boy suffers severely. He just falls into the fire and into the water and then look at verse 16 the disciples who have the saving faith who had including Peter himself who had the saving faith the Bible says he said I brought him to your disciples but they could not what they could not what are you reading with me let's read verse 16 together So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Because that realm is not the realm of living faith. It is the realm of giving faith, of of the gift of faith, that you need to confront such demons. The Bible says even Peter, he could not. So it takes the gift of faith. It takes the gift of faith. Look at what Jesus said. Go to verse 19. Look at what Jesus said. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not heal this boy of this epilepsy? The first time I saw a manifestation of epilepsy physically, it was a very violent one. I was in secondary school. We'd never seen a thing like that. One of my classmates just got up and he started running and foaming in the mouth. And he was hitting people. They said, he, he hit many people. Many people didn't even know because we were all afraid. <laughs> he would slap somebody like this. The person would be running, thankfully, not knowing that he was just giving a very heavy slap. So after that, we were all arguing. He hit you, hit you. Not me, not once. He hit you seriously. <laughs> He's the demonic. And the boy ran all over the place. At last, we got him down. We never knew what it was. But when I read the Bible and I understood, it was a manifestation of Demons. And then the Bible says the disciples, don't forget these are saved. These were the same people who went out two by two in Luke chapter 10. And they came back and saying, "Who, oh, Lord Jesus, even the demons were subject to us in your name. Now they got to a point. Now all that was happening, it was good. And Jesus said to them, don't, don't, don't celebrate that. Just celebrate the fact that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. But look at what he explained to them here. Go to verse 20. When they asked him why we couldn't heal him, go back to verse 20. Let's read together. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for I, surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you, including the curing of these demons. So when you and I see that there is a limitation to our faith We must understand that we need to seek for the gift of faith We need to trust God Because the Bible says that he, he He said if you have faith as a mustard seed That faith there is talking Even though a mustard seed is small We all know that a mustard seed is what gives birth to an oak tree We all know that it is a faith that may just be small in quantity But the what it is expecting to achieve is big and mighty So when people say, oh, faith as a mustard seed, they don't understand. They think it means little faith. It doesn't mean little faith. It means even though it's just very little because it's from God who is almighty, the concept of what it will bring about is mighty. Does it make sense now? So when you talk about faith as a mustard seed, understand very clearly that it is not small faith. It's talking about little faith with big output expected. May God grant us understanding. In the name of Jesus he said this is why they could not cast him out including Peter but we all know that after Jesus ascended and in in, in Acts chapter 2 and they got filled with the Holy Spirit the same Peter who was one of these people who could not cast out a demon in Acts chapter 9 the Bible says now it came to pass as Peter went through all the parts of the country that he also came down to the Saints who were in leader verse 33 There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. Verse 34. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. Hallelujah. The same Peter under the same influence of the Holy Spirit. The gift of faith and uh, the gift of healings now began to manifest. And this is what God is expecting from you and I. It doesn't matter where you are today. If God has marked you as a person who will be a worker of the gift of healings, you must have a full understanding that you need to engage in going for faith, in studying the things of God, in yielding yourself the more so that God can use you Like he has promised. I'll quickly tell you three things that will qualify you to manifest the gifts of healings. Very quickly. Number one. We have talked about it just now. You must have faith in God. Faith is what draws power. Mark chapter 11 verse 22. You must have faith in God. So Jesus answered and said to them what? Have faith in God. Not faith in your experience. Not faith in the gift that you have. Not faith in what you have seen happen before. Even though those things are good and you should thank God for those things because they have come from God but have faith continuously in God. The Bible says you must have faith in God. We must understand it was the great servant of God, John G. Lake, one of the biggest evangelists of the last uh, uh, of the last century that God used so mightily to do miraculous acts across nations of the world. Particularly in developing countries. There was a time he was in a country and there was the bubonic plague that you could physically see. It was a plague that you could physically manifest. And this man was scooping it in his hand and nothing was happening to him. It was like what we now know as the, what's this virus now? Ebola. Ebola. Ebola is the same thing in a different way, kind of a thing. You don't touch it, you don't move near it. People were dying left, right and center. John G. Lake got there by the gifts of miracles, the gifts of healings and the gift of faith. The power gives raw manifestation in this in the life of this man and he scooped it up. It was John G. Lake that said that the way electricity is that brings power in the affairs of the natural, that is the same way the Holy Spirit brings power in the supernatural the holy spirit is the power from the supernatural just like electricity is the power in the natural the holy spirit is the power in the supernatural he said but as you need the the plug to connect to electricity so it is that you need faith to connect to the power from on high Anyone who would manifest any gift whatsoever, but particularly any of the power gifts and the gift of the, of the gifts of healing must have faith. Number two, you must be observant. You must be observant and you must have compassion on people. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. The Bible says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people verse 36 but when he saw somebody say when he observed observed. when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them for they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd if you are going to manifest the gifts of healing successfully you must observe I have found this in my own little experience so far, that anytime time this gift is going to manifest in my life, I am in a situation where I am almost seeing people the same way God is. And many times I just break down. It touches you. It overwhelms you. You see more than what everybody else is seeing. You see people carrying load. You see people who are standing physically like, like this, in, in good suits and everything, looking like skeletons. You see things. You see things. You see things. And there is a compassion that moves from your inside because you are seeing more than the natural. And then all you need to do is to start rebuking at that time. Many times when we are making pronouncements of faith from here, what we are seeing are things that cannot be described in words. That is why those pronouncements follow it. That's why those pronouncements, when we saw mountains today, it was clear. You could see the mountains physically in front of people. And I kept on hearing death, 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 D-E-B-T, death, not death. D-E-B-T, death, death, death. You see it. And God opens your eyes and then you have compassion. So when you are praying and you are releasing the prophetic word or the declaration of healing for that situation, God is confirming it because you are seeing what he's seeing. May God continue to enlarge our faith in the name of Jesus. So you must be observant and have compassion on people. Number three, you must be a hater of Satan. You cannot love Satan and cast out Satan. You cannot love evil. And no believer, I've never seen a believer that say, I love Satan. I've never seen. But there are many believers who caught the things of Satan. If you caught the things of Satan, you love Satan. If you appreciate the things that Satan appreciates and he has put forward, you love Satan. You must be a hater of Satan. The things that God hates must be what you hate. It's called camaraderie. The things that God hates must be the things that you also hate. That's what we call comrades, isn't it? Comrades believe in the same thing and they hate the same thing together. So you must be a comrade of God when it comes to Satan. The Bible says he has come to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly so you don't court him. Luke chapter 13, this is what Jesus demonstrated for us. He went into the synagogue in verse 11. The Bible says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Everyone who has been attending the synagogue with her for 18 years never had any compassion, never saw anything that Satan was doing. They just saw another faithful woman who was always coming bent over, who was a faithful lover of God, but she was always bent over. Jesus attended that meeting only once. The Bible says he saw her look at what he said in verse 12 let's read it together verse 12 now he said but when jesus saw her he called her to him and said to her woman you are loosed from your infirmity say no more say no more somebody say no more more. and verse 13 the bible says and when he laid his hands on her and immediately she was what made straight and she did what Glorified God. Hallelujah. There is nothing as beautiful in the place of worship for you to stand and worship when you want to stand and worship and lie down and worship when you want to lie down and worship and jump when you want to jump and run when you want to run. That is why those of us who have everything don't know, the man that was at the gate, beautiful, the day he got healed, for the first time, he did what? He ran into the temple. He has been dreaming of it for years. He said, if I had feet like these people who come in here every day, And they go into the temple and stand like statues. Oh, I would run. Oh, I would run. And God saw that faith and moved Peter and John to his direction. And one day, he just asked the question that he thought was going to help him. But Peter and John gave him what he needed. And as soon as they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The Bible says, and his ankle bones became strong. And the Bible says, and he was walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you are healed of an infirmity, you stand straight and you glorify God like this woman. You must understand the privilege God gives to us to praise. The privilege God gives to us to worship should not be abused. This woman had been there 18 years. And when the Pharisees challenged Jesus, go to verse 15. Please, I know I'm taking time, but you need to hear this go to verse 15 the Bible says then the Lord answered when they were saying to them why did you heal him, heal her on a Sabbath day imagine imagine the wickedness in the heart of people they have started cooperating with Satan himself this woman came to the synagogue to hear the word of God and to receive deliverance and which other day do they gather there if not on the Sabbath day so which chance did they want to give this woman <sighs> the Bible says then the Lord answered him and said hypocrite read it with me Then the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the store and lead it away to water it? That is to say to be refreshed. Now verse 16. Everybody shout verse 16 together. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? Satan is the one who puts people in bondage. And until you see the works of Satan in the lives of people, you cannot manifest the gifts of healings. Jesus saw that this was clearly robbery by Satan. And he rebuked the enemy. And the rest is history. In the name of Jesus. I will conclude this by just telling us some essential truths about biblical healing. Many of us have started to manifest these gifts, then we give up. Many of us have never desired them, but we must understand some things. When we understand them, we know that nothing is wrong with us so that we don't give it up. The first thing we need to realize is that healings may be instantaneous or they may be gradual. It is a fact of scripture. Many times you will see immediately, like this woman, immediately she stood up. We see her story, it's very clear. Immediately she stood up. The man had get beautiful. Immediately he stood up. But there are times, for example, in Luke chapter 17, when ten lepers met Jesus Christ and they were crying, they said, have mercy. Jesus said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible makes us to understand in verse 17 that as they went, somebody say, as they went. went. Say, gradually. Say, gradually. "Gradually." As they obeyed, they they became whole. Say, they became became cleansed. Say, they became cleansed. So it was one of them... That came back, as we know the story, that became whole because. What God expects was that the 10 of them should go show themselves to the priest. By the time they go to the priest, they should receive their testimonies and they should come back. That is why when God does something for you, if you want it whole, I'm not harassing you here, but this is just a fact of, of scripture. If you want your miracle to be permanent, when God does it for you, when you go there, you go back and you say, Lord, I thank you. You did this for me. I came for your mercy. You gave me your mercy and say, Lord, I thank you. Then you receive the wholeness of it. I say you receive the wholeness of it In the name of Jesus You need to understand some weapons of warfare The more you declare the greatness of God The more God fights for you I say the more you declare the greatness of God The more God fights for you God will continue to fight for you In the name of Jesus but learn it both ways. If you are ministering the gifts of healing and you don't see it immediately, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Give the instructions and let it be perfected in time. And if you are the person receiving it, you may understand, you need to understand that some things are immediate and some things will take time. Whatever it is, God will be glorified Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Then for those who are administering it, it can be administered in various ways. The gifts of healings can be administered in various ways. The first place it could be by the spoken word. I don't have time. Write down Acts chapter 14 verse 8. The spoken word. This was Paul, this was Paul now who met this man and, uh, in Lystra and he just rebuked the devil. And uh, he said to him, stand up. Just a spoken word and the man stood up. It can be administered by the spoken word. Number two, it can be administered by the laying on of hands. We saw here Jesus laid hands on the person and he laid hands on her. We we read this again from the story in Luke chapter 13, verse 13, that Jesus laid hands on the woman and immediately, many people restrict healings to laying on of hands. So many believers don't have faith if hands are not laid. This is a disease in our generation in itself. It's a disease by itself. The lack of knowledge, the ignorance that hands have to be laid for every healing to be administered is a disease in itself. It's an infirmity in itself. It's a setback in itself. Because like the centurion said, at times it is just about speaking the word only and the servant is healed. Somebody says, speak the word only. And the servant was healed. But at times it is by laying on of hands. Let the person ministering, Operate as God dictates and God directs. Number three. At times it is just by the prayer of faith. The difference between the spoken word and the prayer of faith is that the spoken word is just a declaration. Be healed. Rise, rise up. But the prayer of faith takes the form of a prayer. As we are commanded in James chapter 5 that we should do the prayer of faith that saves the sick. We must all understand that the prayer of faith can help. We read about Paul, uh, Peter, earlier on, and Aeneas. He said, Ineas, the Lord Jesus Christ heals you. That is a prayer of faith. Hallelujah!" So there is the spoken word, there is the laying on of hands, and there is prayer of faith, and there is also a demand for prophetic by prophetic actions, a demand for actions by the prophetic, a demand for actions by the prophetic. So something is commanded to be done. And in John chapter 9 verse 8, we are told, verse 6, we are told that this man that was blind from birth, John chapter 9 verse 6, when he has said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay, verse 8, verse 7 now, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed, and he did what? He came back seeing. So at times the prophecy is given to you to go and do something. This is another one that believers miss out on. In the whole of the Old Testament, we saw a lot of healings taking place where prophets asked people for certain actions to be done. That woman said, we will eat and die. Now, that talks about physical healing in the area of resources, in the area of finances. Elijah, remember him him and the woman, the widow of Zarephath? He said, we will eat and die. That is all we have. And Elijah said, go and make it for me. The prophetic word there helped her to see a healing not only of not not of her body but of her finances of her position of being able to have resources to feed her family the same thing with Elisha and the shunammite woman with a jar of oil so there are times that instructions will be given they have no resemblance to what god is doing in terms of the healing but every action you take is going to lead to the healing i say every action you take will lead to the healing in the name of jesus when, when this woman, when this man, when J- J- Jesus was putting uh, spit in the, uh, in the sand and putting it on the eyes of these people, I'm sure many people were saying, what's the master doing here? Because they've never seen him do such. And so we must understand that God can move anyhow and cause his name to be glorified. I say God can move anyhow and cause his name to be glorified Amen. in the name of Jesus. I'm not asking you to go and be putting sand on people's eyes. Because believers have done that before and they got heavy slap for doing so. Because God did not say, but if he commands, I beg of you. If he commands, do it. Do it. If he so commands, do it. Because the same Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But just make sure that that is what he's commanding you to do. Amen. Finally, the man uh, in Bethesda, in John chapter 5. Another one who was given a prophetic action. Verse 8. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, Rise. Take up your bed and walk. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Look at what he did in verse 9. Verse 9, the Bible says, and immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. He did exactly what they said. What does that mean? If the man had no intention to carry his bed, because this is 38 years of infirmity, not being able to stand up, he would have missed out on his healing. And Jesus was very, very clear. Rise, take up your bed and walk. So, every instruction that comes in the prophetic must be honored for us to see the gifts of healings in manifestation. Friends, we are living in times when the devil is doing much more than we can ever imagine. There are healings that are required. I went through a very big challenge very early last year in my family. And this was a very, very big challenge. Very big challenge. Just about the same time that things were were shifting in in the course of the ministry here. And I know I had to go to God. I said, Lord, this beats my imagination. This beats everything I've ever known. But I know you are able. I know you are able. And the more I trusted him, the more I relied on him, the more I saw him come through until I got the ultimate victory. The same God is here for you today. We don't have enough time to pray today. I just want you to believe God as you have prayed against mountains and stuff But by the grace of God on Friday, I want you to trust God for encounters when we come for Victory Prayer Night. Don't miss it. This Victory Prayer Night will be very different from what you know. It will be much more about praying and the prophetic. And we're going to be seeing these gifts manifest right before our very eyes in the name of Jesus. You will be the next one to testify. In the name of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet and let's appreciate it.